Welcome to the old bastard martini lunch. This is a show about advertising and design creatives with an audience of one, me. I'm Peter Morse. This is my show. Show, you may want to know a little bit more about me. I'm an award-winning illustrator, designer, and art director. I've worked for the top agencies in uh, the Nebraska area, and I am currently a freelance creative. So in my time at these agencies, I made a lot of connections with uh, a lot of interesting people. So this show is me sitting down for a couple of drinks and catching up with these folks. Hope you enjoy the conversation. So what does a producer do? If you've never worked with one, you'll find the show quite interesting. And you'll also probably want to have one for every shoot you've got in the future. Uh, Jamie Vassay is on the show and he explains to Peter Worth a little bit of the many skills required to be a location scout and producer. Uh, Here's a spoiler, it's a little bit of everything. So join us in our booth at the back as we share our drinks and our stories. Thank you for coming. Uh, making your way down from uh, from Omaha. This is great. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so... And thanks for the liquor. Yeah, you bet. Um, kind of breaking the rules since Ryan Holt's not here having vodka, but it's a nice change of pace. Why, why vodka over gin? Just never acquired a taste for gin. Right. I don't know. Um, I'm a bourbon man. Okay. By trade. Sure. But uh, vodka's pleasant as well. Sure, sure. Uh, Crowd pleaser. Sure. Versatile. Yeah. Uh, also, Peter Worth here since Ryan Holt unavailable. So, the two of you have never worked together. No. No? Just okay. met today. Okay. So, here's here's an opportunity uh, to kind of explain to Peter Worth what you do. What, is a, what does a producer do? You did a really great job of... Um, writing that up and I felt like I didn't have content to talk with you about after that but here's an opportunity to kind of touch on some of those things Mm. Uh, wow long story uh, quick bio if you will by all means I started in the business and uh, I won't use air quotes business of film production uh, media production whatever it's called today Actually, started in the movie industry as a special effects guy. Mm-hmm. Old school special effects: uh, rain, snow, fire, shooting a stuntman, uh, all that cool stuff. Getting into all the squibs and whatnot. You bet. And Sweet. It was all as cool as it sounds. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when I got on my first movie, it was, it was. Uh, I just got to see what everybody did, and I realized even back then, I had a production mind. Mm-hmm. I just I just felt like I could contribute more. My skill sets were just at a different place. Nothing against my colleagues in effects world, but um, these guys were were tradesmen, uh, literally 
plumbers, welders. Uh, right. They can do anything. They can wire anything. I mean, and, and I, would, I just don't have that gene. Right. Um, and they eventually told me that. <laughs> okay. After I got too course. too close with the fire one time. <laughs> um, I wasn't asked to leave, but I, I I was headed on a different ladder anyway. But so uh, I was looking to get into production, mm -hmm. and nothing to do with one or the other. I was in Los Angeles, living in Los Angeles, in between gigs, and if you're a freelancer, uh, the saying is you always have two jobs. It's the job you're on and the job of looking for your next job. Right. And I was looking for my next job and Los Angeles is, you know, not a great place to be in between projects. And, sorry, I'm, no. Uh, no, I'm not trying to cut you off, but I know like it's, it's tough because you've got such a deep talent pool of everybody that's kind of the same sort of hustle that you're working on there. That, that's gotta be difficult. Indeed, yes, um, but <clears throat> if you're good at what you do and you are in with a team right. or in with a, a crew, uh, you'll get calls. Is it, is, how tight is that community then? Is oh, it's, it's fairly tight. And I mean, you know, certainly, you know, it's a new day. Mm -hmm. All bets are off, really, about how it was then. Right. And then is, you know, I'm talking like... 90s, early 90s. Okay. Uh, even, you know, 20 some years ago or so, it was a different game than right. what it is today. But, I mean, there's all kinds of elements that have come into play from nepotism to uh, what it is you do, how talented you are, unions. Right. Um, I've heard about, like, just outsourcing some of the work as well, like prop creation, outsource that to, you know, another country or something. And um, it... it it's it's less about that, but it's the big thing is what they call runaway production. Okay. And it all dovetails into film incentives um, and you know tax breaks for filmmakers. Yes. And that's the number one driver economically. Right. In in movie making today. Mm -hmm. um, this is a great topic that let's keep going because I, I I think just I spent time in economic development so I know where you're coming from with that but yeah let's let's continue on your good guide me however but no, um, this is good the long and short of it uh, back here is um, you know Nebraska has no film incentives at all zero right. right now they have some localized incentives uh, minimal tax benefits based on tax bases, mm -hmm. but it's very selective to the communities, right. and it's very minimal compared right. to what other states can offer across the board. Yeah. For example, Georgia, right. something like 30% yeah. on the dollar. Which is they huge. make a lot of movies there now. Yeah, right? like, tons. Yeah, and TV as well. You just yeah. watch the credits and it's, you know, it's prominent, you know, Maine, Georgia. I, I just, uh, I've caught a few colleagues that live there now. They moved there. Right. And and it's like uh, in digital effects, the digital artists are following where the work is, moving yeah. to Canada, moving to South Africa. They don't do that remotely then. And they call themselves digital gypsies. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, because they do that now. Yes, there is that, but there's a lot of effects companies say you know in Canada. Right. Canada 
not only has some incentives, but they have an exchange rate now that you have to battle. So a lot of work goes there. The, even television commercials, they'll go Czech Republic, South right. Africa, yeah, right, right, uh, wherever. If we the need a wheat work. field. Well, or you know, we could go to Nebraska, or we could go where we can produce the same thing, but a lot less. Or, or uh, this even happens on a local level. Right. It's January in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. How would you like to go to Miami, or how would you like to go to you know, south of France? Right. Sure, says client. <laughs> exactly. Look at the landscape. They so, even yeah. had a name for it back then. Uh, Sunshine Productions. I mean, okay. You know, we, we, we would do that. I, I ended up doing that a couple of times with some of these local clients. Uh, I worked on... The but there's, I mean, timelines sometimes kind of dictate that as well. It's just, you can't, if you need... It, it, it does. You need Nebraska, I'm doing air quotes, but you need it, or, or Middle America, but... You, well, you need foliage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I need green yeah. grass. I need yeah. leaves on trees. Yeah. And now you won't see that until, you know... Right. April. Sure. And maybe it's raining, and then that's going to, you know, just still push you up mm. against your deadline or whatever. So we're, we're all over the place. So by, by, I kind of bring it back around to you and your experience, or am I? So circa 1992, yeah. I uh, got a call from my cousin, who was living in Lincoln, Nebraska, mm -hmm. not working in the industry. He, was, he worked for American Tool. And uh, what are you doing? Nothing. When they come on out for a visit, we'll play some golf, have some fun, you get to see another part of the country. I said, sure, I'm always open to exploring new worlds and new places. And I totally played into the stereotype that is out there. Much like here thinks of things about the East Coast or right. the West Coast. Right. I was assuring myself that I would be driving through herds of buffalo, mm -hmm. all of the stereotypes. Right. I flew in Omaha, and back then the road kind of sort of went downtown, and I took a wrong turn, went a couple blocks away, and drove right through the old market. Love that. Yeah. What's this place? Yeah. And sequentially met some very nice people, uh, and really loved the vibe, and had no thought of moving here before I got on a plane to come here. But when I left to go back to Los Angeles, um, that I'm going to move to Omaha. I'm going to move to Nebraska. I actually lived in Lincoln for a while. Okay. And my first gig was actually writing technical procedures for Oracle software. <laughs> really? At American Tool. Okay. And I did that... Uh, that sounds awful, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I, I had a stipulation before, before I did it. And, and of course, you know, you always have to do whatever you're going to do next. And if you've never done it before, obviously you have to do it first once. Right. And I was like borderline computer illiterate. And my cousin says, I want you to be my technical writer for these software programs. <laughs> okay. And I looked at him like he had lobsters coming out of his head. Like, <laughs> you want me to what? He goes, no, no, no. I know you can do this. And like, okay, here's the computer. Here's the software. And all I, I was supposed to do, it was user procedures. Okay. So these uh, procedures were being performed in the factories around here back then when they were open. Um, and I literally would sit by the operator and let them flail through it. Right. And I would record it and, just, and 
articulated into a three ring binder. Well, and maybe that's good because you're looking at it from the perspective of somebody that's never yeah, interfaced. Sure. With that's exactly yeah, right. It's a good you vantage know? point. And that's yeah. exactly what he told me later. He said, You couldn't see this then, but you you're you're clueless enough to to understand it. <laughs> right. And I you're, said you're I think yeah. that's a compliment. Yeah, but, yeah. 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 And so it worked out swell. It Your worked ignorance out. is brilliant. <laughs> and and I also added some creativity too. I said yeah. so I was I would get into the procedures with a narrative. Okay. Like, okay, we need to ship three truckloads of, you know, vice grips and Eddie at the dock wants this, and the truck driver has to go, and I would spin these little stories, and they loved it. Like, yeah, okay. And so I got through one module, they called it, uh, for inventory, and I was on to find, like, a next gig, and, like, the accounting department comes out and says, hey, can you do a, like, one for us? And then uh, payables, like, well, we need one, too. And then HR, like, hold on, I'm not that guy. Right, right, right. I gotta get back to making movies. And stuff uh, like I don't know. Maybe right? you missed your calling there. <laughs> Thought about it for a while, but um, I then I moved to Omaha. I looked. I started looking around for some local production companies doing something. Found a couple that were doing commercials and uh, got in. And 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 uh, you know I had nothing but effects on my resume. Right. And I think my first call was for a Runza commercial. Okay. From a production company that wanted to light a bowl of chili on fire, like, can you do this? Oh, like man. effects guy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I think I could, but I'll, I'll tell you how you do it. And I was like, that was one of my like lost leaders to get in. Like, right. Here's how to do it. But if you got something else with involves production, you know, mm -hmm. give me a call. And he did. And and he gave me a shot. And I, and I went on a decent run with with uh, this production company for a while. And we did a lot of, you know, I probably have worked on well north of 500 plus commercials, television commercials. Oh, fantastic. In the, in the, in the region. Right. Uh, everything from lottery to healthcare to bank the banks uh, so you probably worked with all the agencies at one point or yes. another like all the big players yeah the food chain would be a, a client agency agency would hire a production company production company would hire me right 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 and uh, doing everything from location scouting to uh, production management to uh, occasionally casting um, basically producing the whole thing and for years I was called a production manager and you know eventually was really a producer right so well okay uh, maybe it's semantics but what's the difference is it just a title you, or well you it? know I use this word a lot okay definitions okay the definitions have so changed in the industry even like at agency you know what an art director does today versus what an art director did 20 years ago right uh, similar thing even on like a producer in movies is one thing a producer for right. commercials is do another thing right producer for television is another one they right. really are like showrunners not producers mm -hmm. exactly yeah 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 there's executive producers there's and, you know there's production managers production coordinators even what a producer does can vary from agency to agency like titles right. are People it can do different things. It can it can it can vary from project to project. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, stuff like that. I'm do. I used to do with with, with you, uh, and, and have done with them. Um, it, it, I'll go in as uh, for starters as a location guy, and then 
feed into being production management and producing it and then see the project through and then you know see it up until post i would hardly ever get into the post process i've done mm -hmm. that but um it's on to the next gig right mm -hmm. right uh I, I always I say circa 1996 to about 2002 to three. In my opinion, it was kind of the golden age for the freelance film worker. Okay. In, in Nebraska. Okay. Uh, we were shooting all the time. A lot of local clients, Nebraska clients, area clients, shot here. Is that a, a better climate then? As far as when you're looking at incentives and incentives had nothing to do with it. Okay. They they weren't even search, the commercials weren't even searching for incentives. Right. They do today. Right. Like the national ones are hunting for incentives. You're talking incentives, more just but, regional. But regional, but but just you know it was it was uh, it was before the digital revolution. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the guys and gals were you know schooled with the film production process right we shot on film right 16 millimeter you know what looked like a national commercial back then the moniker was it was shot on 35 millimeter like mm. it definitely looks like that our our choices back then were video and film right that was <clears> the right. format and if you were shooting video oh you're the video guys right if you're shooting film like oh fancy well that's cool but there was a whole production process with with filming because you know you're you're you got one yeah you got a lot less opportunities to get that shot oh i mean you know and then even compared to today it's just yeah it's a whole other world well the advantage it today is you are can look and see what you got as you go and you know, right uh, back then it was you there's no lab here so you had to box it up Right. Mm -hmm. Ship it out, cross your fingers, and then wait for the lab to call to say it's good. And then huh. they digitize it and send it back in a digital tape. And then it's digitized into the editing and blah, blah, blah. What was the turnaround on that then? Two to three days sometimes. Okay. Uh, it, it depends. Um, uh, maybe less. Uh, they, if we, we made a, you'd have to get a FedEx cutoff. Mm -hmm. Before FedEx, before 9 11. You were able to walk into an airport with a box, walk up to the counter, and ship a box of film counter to counter. That so you would have somebody or somebody from the lab at the other airport meet it and uh, take it to the lab. They would put it in the bath overnight, and then the next morning you'd get a report, and they could transfer it even that day to get it, make their FedEx cut off to get it back to you the following day. So two to three days ish. So you didn't have those labs locally then? No. Okay. Closest one was Chicago, uh, Atlanta. Uh, there was one in Dallas for a while, uh, Los Angeles. Okay. Because I, I shot a lot of stuff in Burbank and it seemed like we got a pretty quick turnaround, but that would make sense if you're working. If you're there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You're, uh, Driving it down the street. That's kind of what it was. <laughs> yeah, then right like, then it's like, yeah, there. pick it up at the end of the day, sort of thing. If it was like a big, yeah. But the location scouting process yeah. too. So, how that went is what I do is as a location scouting process. You need a location. I'm gonna go out and scan the landscape. If I don't have that picture or that location in my library, I go out and uh, literally 
drive around, I'll take pictures of that uh, location, uh, come back, uh, send them to you, and you get to look at all the choices and pick one. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, uh, it was, because you're shooting on film, mm -hmm. this is pre-digital, right. I would, and this is, this is the upside of film, you only had X amount of shots, right. and you had to use that. Uh, I would go out, shoot, um, a big day was five rolls of, right. you know, 24. Like, if I shot five rolls, like, wow. I'd have to rush to the one-hour photo, mm -hmm. usually at the grocery store. Sometimes I'd wait, yeah. get those pictures, go home, get legal-size file folders, do arts and crafts, make panoramics myself, right. scotch tape, label them, and then you had to make a cutoff at FedEx to get them to the client the next right. day if right. it was an out-of-town gig. So I, many times I'm like walking into FedEx at 5 or 7 or at the airport 9 o'clock and the good news is you're done. Right. Okay. Pictures away. Uh, they get them the next day, look at them, review. You get a phone call on a telephone and... Uh, they pick selects, and then you then you work it out, work out all the logistics. I can remember the day that the digital camera changed that whole world. Uh, I was in Florida, I was scouting an arena, and I had a digital camera, and the guy at the arena says, did you wanna upload your pictures right here? I, we got Wi-Fi. Like, wait, what, what, right. how, how, I don't know how you do that. What were, what were you shooting on, though? Uh, the camera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just like a little point and shoot. Yeah, yeah. You know, digital card, point and shoot can hold like 300 pictures. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I offloaded it. It was, it was. Uh, I would put it up to a gallery site like early uh, Mac.com or Mac. What was it? Uh, uh, Need. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like the, the, one of the, the first photo gallery that, mm -hmm. that, that Apple right, right. was coming out. And would put it up to there like a home, home page or home something it was. And I would do that and like, here I am, walking into this arena, shooting it, go into the back room, plug in, download, upload, and call my clients. Uh, they're online. I'm sending you a link. Right. Like, and I knew that was that was, it was the game changer. Yeah. I, um, how do you feel about that? Like because that process has been accelerated so much. Um, I, I there's definitely a lot of benefit, but I feel like there's less, maybe there's less trepidation, but there's also less consideration for what's happening. And I, I think the turnaround is so quick that they're not thinking about things as much as they had before. Because every that, shot you that's shoot- That's the argument with you know, people that still want to shoot film now, right? Like you're, with digital formats, you're less prepared. You don't have to, there's nothing riding on it. Or there, I mean, there still is, but not as much. Right? Yeah, just keep, just shoot everything, right? Yeah, as right. opposed to maybe we yeah, just give it a try. It might maybe we'll do another one, but right. you know, versus making sure all your ducks are in a row and everything's set right. And I don't know. What are your thoughts? Prepared. Well, just from a still photography, commercial mm -hmm. photography standpoint, you can take too many pictures. Sure. You know, when it was film, we would do a test right. with a Polaroid. Right. Right. And like. 
and show the art directors, here's what it's gonna look like, and, and okay, I get that, maybe adjust that, and then he would either adjust exposure, he or she, and then uh, you might adjust something with the model, and then, you know, boom, 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 and it's, you know, 36 shots later. As opposed to a thousand. Today, you know, we're, we're doing a thousand images per setup. Right. And, you know, to turn around to your client at the end of a 10 hour day and say, here's 5,000 photos to search through, <laughs> yeah. pick or a even, couple. Or even if you've cherry picked them and you're like, here's 27 uh, of the best, we really only need three. Sometimes it's difficult because it's like, I like the expression here, but I don't like the leg here, or yeah, it's tough. It, 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 I, I, think, I think art directors or whomever is making the creative, they have to, it would, it would behoove the project to be over the photographer's shoulder right. or very close to them, watching and engaged. Not all art directors do that. Not all directors do that. But some of them do, right. uh, but right. not all of them. What's your approach, Mr. Worth? In what regard? As far as like art directing a shoot. I mean, I try to be involved as much as possible and I feel like, you know, photographers or whoever's shooting kind of feed off that. Some of them, some of them like enjoy that and I think some kind of need their space. It just kind of, you kind of got to read it, I think. Right. Collaboration, okay. yeah, it's true. I, absolutely. I just, I just, what, what, what frustrates me as a, as a, a producer, or a, a, you know, I've never really been billed this way, but I sometimes find myself almost co-directing with a director of a, of a commercial or a, uh, a, a commercial photographer, uh, and it's just all in the name of you know, we're all collaborating. Right, right. Uh, you might see something that they don't. And, right. And, and it adds to the you know, I product. may have seen something on the scout even sure, that yeah. we haven't seen yet and I got this or they have a dog or the neighbor has a car that's cool or there's this motorcycle in the garage. Right. All of these elements that I bring. And how will they know? And like maybe it's something they missed, so if you don't but bring it to the table. What's particularly frustrating is if I'm out with if I've been hired by the photographer and the creative team from the agency and the client shows up and no kidding, after the first setup, they're back on to the next project. Right. And they're talking about another client. Right, they're on the phone or yeah. checking email. Right. And they're not engaged. Right. And, and, right. The, and, and worst case scenario is, the end of the day is, oh, we didn't get that? Right. Well, we showed it to you and or, you know, many of the scenarios. And again, it's not that way all the time, but right. it, it it uh, sometimes baffles me that we've put all this pre-production into a project and they've, you know, back to the agency pitching and awarded and you've uh, uh, got the production uh, you got project. The budget, yeah, you got the and you budget. Got the budget yeah. And everything and all this part of the process and then, you know, they hit a stop sign when we get out on the road and it's like, okay. Uh, no bitching at the end right. when we think we got an inferior product. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh man, alright, I gotta get a refill because I definitely want to pick this up, but I'm gonna do it in the form of kind of talking through some of the stuff that we've done. Okay. Because I think that would give a kind of a perspective oh, of what we're doing. Alright. Thanks again, Mr. Vasse, for traveling from Omaha to join us at the lounge. 
I hope this proved to be educational to those of you listening that uh, might be needing to hire some additional firepower for your own shoots. Uh, you might want to give Jamie a call, see what he can do for you. Um, if you want to follow him on Instagram, you've got two options. At Nebraska Location, that's where he posts all his work. You're going to see a lot of good stuff there. Or at Jamie Vassay for his personal projects. Uh, if you want to visit his website, he's got one of those available as well. JamieVassay.com If you like the show, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Bastard Martini or visit our website, Old Bastard Martini lunch.com finally if you need some additional creative firepower that's uh not producing um i'm thinking something along the lines of designer illustration uh check out my website petermorris.us or send me an email at me at petermorris.us let's talk in the meantime have another martini i know i will